stubborn. That's the best word that describes my sweet dog, Bella. Honestly, she's a great dog. We rescued her about three years ago from the Avery County Humane Society, and she came to live with us. She's house trained. She doesn't chew or tear up our furniture, and she's a pretty mild-mannered dog, but she's stubborn as can be. Now, she's a hound mix. We seem to think that she is a walker hound, so she loves to chase squirrels and chipmunks and rabbits all around our yard. She's even been known to dig up the yard and find a few moles uh, and take care of them for us. But did I mention that she's stubborn? You see, you cannot get her to change her mind. If she decides that she's going to do something, she's going to do it whether you tell her no or not. And if you want her to do something, she's not going to do it unless she makes up her own mind to do it. For instance, at nighttime, she will jump up onto the bed uh, between Angela and myself, and she decides to lay down with us. But when she does that, she puts all of her weight or leans up right on top of me, sometimes literally on my leg or on my side. And of course, I can't deal with that very well. I'm not going to sleep well when she does that. So if I tell her to move over or I try to get her to move over, she just lays there like dead weight. She acts as if she's deaf and doesn't hear a word that I'm saying. And she knows exactly what I want her to do, but she's too stubborn to move. She will only move if I force her to do so. We once had a bear come into our front yard and she happened to be outside and she was barking and acting crazy. And when I went outside and realized that this huge black bear was there, she was chasing after it. And so I yelled at her and begged her to come over away from the bear and in towards the house. And she didn't listen. She was literally on this bear's heels trying to bite him. So I had to run out near this bear and grab her by the collar and drag her back towards the house. This bear could have killed her with one swipe of his paw. Now, she's a lovable dog, but she's stubborn, absolutely stubborn. Maybe you have a pet like Bella, or maybe you have a spouse like Bella or a child, or maybe, just maybe, you happen to be stubborn too. As we continue our sermon series on Exodus this day, we read that Moses and Aaron have gone back to Pharaoh, even though he had told them previously that he wouldn't let the Israelites leave. Now, God had told them that Pharaoh would ask them to perform a miracle when they met with him. So he instructed them to throw Moses' staff on the ground, and in doing so, it would become a snake. So they showed up to see Pharaoh and indeed, he asked them to perform a miracle. Now, Pharaoh wanted some sort of proof that their God had really sent them to him. And this was the moment of truth, a moment that would provide credibility that they weren't just trying to trick Pharaoh into letting the Israelites go. So when Pharaoh asked them to perform a miracle, they do just as God had told them to do. And this staff turns into a snake. Well, that's at least what our Bible translations say. You see, the Hebrew word here, tanin, suggests that it was more than a snake, more like a scary sea monster or dragon. And Pharaoh witnesses this, but he doesn't apologize to Moses and Aaron for doubting their story. Instead, he calls his own people, his own wise men, sorcerers and magicians to perform the same act. 
And so Moses and Aaron are waiting around to see what transpires. And somehow, some way, these magicians are able to do the very same thing. Exodus says, each one threw down his staff and it became a snake. Apparently, there was some serious dark magic going on that allowed them to replicate this wonder. Or maybe, just maybe, God allowed it to happen in order to prove his point. The truth is, we really don't know. But what we do know is that something remarkable took place. What appeared to be a stalemate was nothing of the sort. It says, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Aaron's snake or sea monster or dragon, whatever it was, proved to be the alpha by swallowing up the other creatures. Surely Pharaoh would see this and, and recognize that Israel's God was trying to get his attention, right? But he doesn't. Scripture says, yet Pharaoh's heart became hard and he would not listen to them just as the Lord had said. Pharaoh was stubborn. The Hebrew word for hard can mean stubborn, firm, or intensely harsh. Pharaoh's heart had become stubborn to the point that he refused to listen to them. I can only imagine that witnessing Aaron's staff and his creature devouring these others inflamed his heart even more against them. Yet Pharaoh has absolutely no clue that this standoff would foreshadow his own army being swallowed up by the Red Sea. Like my dog, Bella, who refuses to listen to me, Pharaoh refuses to listen to anything that Moses or Aaron have to say. But he can't deny what he's witnessed, but he doesn't have to believe it or even submit to it. In his eyes, he's the king, and he'll call the shots, not these peasants. If his sorcerers can conjure up the same wonders, then why should he listen to Moses in the first place? Pharaoh will not be moved, and his heart will become more calloused and stubborn as God displays his power time and time again. In fact, his hardened heart will be his kingdom's downfall as God delivers on his promise to Israel. The Exodus will not only prove to Pharaoh who the Lord is, but it will also be known to the surrounding nations too. Unfortunately, though, Pharaoh's condition is contagious, like a virus that's easily transmissible. We know a lot about that. So, too, is hard-heartedness. Once the exodus has taken place, the Israelites will succumb to this disease. After witnessing God's mighty hand displayed in ten plagues and ultimately imparting the Red Sea and leading them safely across to the other side, they, too, will refuse to listen to God as Moses meets with God on Mount Sinai, Aaron and the Israelites, impatience will grow and lead them to form a golden calf to worship. Time and again, they will question Moses' leadership and God's care for them. They will complain when there's nothing to eat. They'll refuse to listen to God's instruction, even when he provides for them. And their hearts will become hardened, stubborn, and self-centered. Psalm 95 verses 7 and 11 declares, Today, if you would only hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. 
For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. The psalmist acknowledges the stubbornness of the redeemed people of Israel, the ones who witnessed God's mighty miracles and still refused to listen to him. Their stubbornness kept them from entering into the promised land. In fact, only Caleb and Joshua were the ones from that generation that were able to enter in. And so the psalmist calls Israel to learn from their past mistakes and to listen to God and not to harden their hearts. But the truth is, is that all of us can easily become hard-hearted too. We've experienced our own exodus, being delivered from death to life through Jesus Christ. We've experienced God's miracles in our own lives too. Now we've not seen staffs turned into snakes, but we've seen physical illnesses healed. We've seen God provide for our needs when we weren't sure if things would work out. We, we've seen God provide new job opportunities for us. We've seen God answer our many cries for help and for deliverance. And even though we've witnessed these things, even though we've offered praise to God for his faithfulness and for his miraculous works, we still allow our hearts to become hardened. Too easily we forget what God has done and is doing in our lives. And we start to moan and complain. We grumble that we do not have enough, even though many around the world have hardly anything. We complain that our freedoms are being taken away from us when we're forced to wear masks, even though so many others around the world can't even leave their homes or are forced to do things that really take away their freedom. We choose not to be involved in worship and complain that the service is too long or isn't entertaining enough or that we have better things to do, even though many Christians around the world have to meet secretly to worship at the risk of their own lives. You see, our lips declare that we love God, but we still refuse to walk in his ways we withhold forgiveness, we remain judgmental, and we pick and choose what we want to do in God's word rather than obediently following every word that God gives us. As Jesus quotes from the prophet Isaiah, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We become stubborn, hard-hearted. God's miracles don't change our minds or our ways because we're never satisfied with where we are. Our hearts easily go astray, and just like the Israelites, we find ourselves bowing down to idols that we have formed with our own hands. We're stubborn, stiff-necked, and hard-hearted people who need to repent of our foolish ways. As the psalmist begs Israel, so God begs us today, if you would only hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The truth is, is that we've got heart problems. If our greatest treasure is found in anything other than the Lord of heaven and earth, our creator, our sustainer, our redeemer, then our hearts will be led astray. You see, God has made himself known to us. We've read his living word that shows us his faithfulness throughout all of history. 
And we've experienced the love and grace of the living word, Jesus the Christ, who has shown us what sacrificial and unconditional love truly is. We've experienced God's miracles and we know that he is real. We believe that he's the way and the truth and the life. But you see, it's not just enough to believe it. We must also do something about it by offering him our undivided hearts. James urges us saying, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and flee from him. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You see, the good news of the gospel is that God is more stubborn than we are. Yet his stubbornness is for our good. Our stubbornness leads us away from God, and yet God's stubbornness leads him directly to us. You see, he refuses to leave us with hardened hearts And in Jesus, he has come to melt our hearts of stone. But let me tell you this. God will not force himself upon us, nor make us believe or trust in him. Instead, God chooses to love us in his freedom, crossing every barrier so that we can know him, hear him, and even see him. But at the end of the day, it is up to us to submit to God. Pharaoh chose not to do so, and he experienced the mighty hand of God upon him. Many of the Israelites continued to have stubborn hearts, and they missed out on entering into the promised land. And today we come before God with the same choices, to submit and allow God to mold and shape our hearts into a heart like his own, or to ignore God's voice and attempts to get our attention You see, friends, my prayer is that we would humbly submit our hearts to the Lord who's done everything in his power to show us his love and his faithfulness and his unwavering grace. Let us turn away from our stubbornness and allow God to melt our hearts of stone. May our prayer be the same as King David who cried out to God in Psalm 51 verse 10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So friends, may we allow God to perform another miracle to swallow up our hard hearts and to exchange it with pure and undivided hearts for him. That choice is ours and God stands ready to act and to answer that prayer if we truly want it. Friends, May we choose that. May we seek the Lord. May we allow God to change our hearts into hearts that are more like his. May it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.